This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. I got a bit of a cold, so uh, sorry if my enthusiasm level's lacking a bit. I just, uh, you know how it is. Weather gets cold for the first time, and you get hit with some kind of sickness. So uh, don't worry, I'll push through. And uh, while we're on the subject of negativity, I just want to apologize to everybody whose emails I've accidentally blown off. Um, Everybody from new people that uh, I'm just corresponding with to uh, people I call friends at this point um, that I somehow just have been dropping off on the email thing. I'm really sorry. I'm just trying to catch up with everything that I've got going on, and I mean no disrespect whatsoever, um, especially when I'm emailing and corresponding with somebody and asking for information or help, and they take the time to respond, uh, and I get all excited, and I use that info in a project, and then I forget to respond to them and say thank you and uh, I don't know. I just I always feel like a total dick when I do that stuff. So uh, my sincere apologies for anybody who I've accidentally blown off um, on any platform, social media, email, whatever. And uh, hopefully I could power through this one and still keep it fun and happy. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm a little nasally and a little sleepy looking. I promise it's just a cold and I'm not really high or anything. <laughs> First up, someone has posted an SD to SNES theme updater tool which is a really handy website that lets you take your old custom menus for the SD to SNES ROM cart that were compatible with all of the older firmwares and then use this tool to convert them to be compatible with the new firmware, which is very important because that's the one that now supports SA1 and SuperFX, thanks to RedGuy. I had originally gotten a retro RGB theme that Smoke Monster made me last year that I loved and didn't get around to rebuilding it on the new firmware, and now I don't have to. You just stick it through this tool, upload it, uh, and then just hit download, and out comes the new version. Just overwrite the original menu file, and there you go. Now you have a version of it that's uh, exactly the same looking, but works on the new firmware. So thank you very much to Christian for coding the tool. And anybody that has very awesome-looking old uh, SD to SNES menus can now just port them right to the new version. iFix Retro just completed what could be the first RGB LCD screen mod on a Turbo Express. All of the existing mods that upgrade the screen to a much larger and higher quality one use composite video. And while it is harder to see the, uh, the artifacts and the lower quality on such a small screen, you absolutely notice the difference when using an RGB. Uh, The install didn't look too terrible. I mean, none of these are easy, but it could be a lot worse. Um, And it uses the LCD driver, which at the moment is only available in Japan. Um, People are looking into seeing if they can get more over here and to do different installs for things like the Nomad or, heck, maybe we could even get a Game Gear version of this going if, if it's even possible. But... Um, I love innovation, and I love stuff like this, and I think one of the things that's definitely been missing from the retro scene is true, high-quality LCD mods for these consoles. Of course, for the Game Gear and the Lynx, you have the McWill mods, 
And while those are absolutely excellent, I would still love to see them for pretty much every handheld they have out. So uh, anybody that's interested, definitely recommend checking out the pictures because it's just pretty cool to see. And uh, I really hope to see a lot more of these things because, you know, anytime, uh, especially if the price is somewhat similar, anytime you have a choice of such a huge jump in quality, why not, right? Taiji Gamer has just found a new method of doing the 240p mod on certain model 3DO consoles. The previous mod required you to lift the pin and then connect that to a switch to enable or disable 240p mode. And on certain models of the 3DO, Taiji Gamer found that if you just remove one resistor, you could tap it right from there, which is obviously a much safer way of doing things because whenever you lift the pin uh, on, on a chip, there's obviously a chance that you could break that pin whereas removing a resistor is infinitely easier and less chance of breaking stuff as long as you have just basic skills. So if you have the BT9103 chip that this is compatible with and you were looking to do the 240p mod, this is just about as easy as it could possibly get. And just a reminder that this could be done on all outputs, not just RGB. So if you're still using S-Video or Composite, you could at the very least still get 240p instead of interlaced 480i. Jason from Arcade Projects scanned the Mortal Kombat Mail Order comic books. Uh, if you, anybody who's ever played the arcade version of Mortal Kombat may have seen that you could order your collector's edition comic book. Um, this is one of the screens that would pop up when the arcade machine was just sitting there waiting for people to come by. Uh, and there are full-color, uh, high-quality scans of the comics. So if you're ever interested in what those storylines were, uh, now you have a chance to read it and experience it just like back in the day. Greg Collins just completed his Height Def NES mod that is a no-cut mod for a top-loading NES or AV Famicom. And this whole thing is pretty exciting to me. Uh, I've, you know, I've talked to him blue in the face about uh, how I really appreciate people that go the extra effort to preserve these older consoles and make sure you don't just drill holes in them. So just that alone I'm pretty excited about, but there's a lot more to it. Um, Jason from GameTech will be selling them from his store as well for only $25, which I think is a really great price for a high-quality 3D print that's this complicated. Um, but on top of that, Greg also re released all of the design files. They're up on my website right now for anybody that wants to download and print their own. And Greg was nice enough to go through and do full installation instructions as well. So um, a huge and massive thank you to Greg for all of this stuff. Doing the install instructions, donating the stuff to the community, still helping to make 3D prints available for purchase for people that don't own 3D printers. Um, stuff like this, in my opinion, is a really big deal. And uh, I just, I'm such a huge fan of work like this and of people who put this stuff out there. Um, I think a project like this just covers all of the points that myself and even a lot of the people uh, that are involved in the Retro Roundtable have been talking about the past year. And that, you know, it's, it's open source, uh, free to use for yourself, but it's still sellable for people that want to buy it. Um, it helps preserve a console, serves a, a very good purpose. I love the LED in the front and then the HDMI port in the back. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of it, in case you couldn't tell. So if you'd like to learn more information on it, check out the pages on the site. And also, Jason from GameTech did a full video on it. Um, Jason was super picky about it, which I think is awesome. I think somebody that has so much experience with installing stuff into NES consoles, uh, I think Jason's the perfect guy to do the first overview of this mod. 
Um, and overall, I just I think it looks great, and I love the color choices. Uh, it just to me, I I think something like this. Um, I think people that are even fans of NES consoles might be hard pressed to know at first glance that this was even an aftermarket mod. Um, you know, obviously, if you're right up close, of course, but like if you're just walking by, you might have to look twice to realize that this isn't a stock console. So I love stuff like this. Thank you to everybody involved. Um, and uh, definitely check out Jason's video and more of Greg's work. And speaking of projects I am super excited about, Jose Cruz built and installed the world's first Sega Triple Bypass into a Genesis 3. So I'll do a very quick overview and then I'll jump back into the nerdy side of things. But the overview is these, this board is an audio and video bypass that will work in any Genesis console. Um, and it's not too hard of an install, although it's very hard to build the boards themselves. And it improves the audio quality to be equal to uh, pretty much exactly like an original Genesis 1. And, you know, possibly better if you have a, an aging Genesis 1 or one of the few with a bad model revision. And it's also a full video bypass to get crystal clear, perfect video out of every model Genesis. So you could do something like take a Genesis 3, which only outputs mono audio stock, and get crystal clear stereo audio as well as perfect video quality. Um, it's still in beta just because we need to iron out a few more uh, tweaks to it. I believe the board design is completed. We just might need to check a few components. So at the moment, it's really it's still an expert only install because you might have to go back and change a component or adjust the installation. But for, uh, for your average person just looking to pick one of these up or have it installed, just give us a little bit more time, maybe a few more weeks to make sure we have everything as good as we can. Uh, and then hopefully we can get a bunch of these made and start installing them in people's consoles. And that way we could really, uh, really see for sure if these things are as good as I, I think they are. Because the first sign is absolutely excellent. But uh, now let me jump into the full nerd story of things. Uh, and if you're not into technical details, you might want to just skip this part. Alright, so let's go through the mod a little bit. Um, this is Jose's initial installation. Um, the board is very complicated to install because you have all of those things right next to each other. Uh, he did this one by hand, which I certainly couldn't have done. So hopefully we can get a stencil made for next time so that way it would be much easier to put together. Um, but the basic things about the board, um, there's a jumper up here which you can't quite see, which is TTL or C-Sync. And just please remember that you'll always want TTL setting because you want this set up like a stock Genesis. You want to let the cables that are properly built do the conversion unless you have a very specific custom setup. And also this is the low pass filter over here, um, which uh, this right over here should be set to off uh, normally. Um, I guess for your, for your average customers, if you're a modder, I would probably leave it on by default just in case because the worst thing that could happen is they get just the tiniest bit of a softer image um, and experts just leave it off all the time because you'll know, what, you know, you'll know immediately if your filter is off. Um, this is the only thing I have to double check because I wasn't able to get this filter uh, to toggle all the way. Uh, either for some crazy reason this install doesn't have any aliasing whatsoever or the, uh, the toggle wasn't working right on this one, but I still got to go back and double check. Um, did I screw something up? Uh, you know, should, uh, can I manually set the pin to that mode? We'll see what happens on that. But so far, as far as board design goes, 
that seems to be the only thing that's still up in the air, and I would assume at this point that it's fine and that the issue is mine. As far as the rest of the video installation, um, I would recommend trying this installation the same way that Jose did. He removed the Sony CXA encoder and then removed all of the components that are next to it, which were the components that separated between the encoder and the Sega chip itself. By doing this, um, you, have, you now have very easy places to solder the output pins to, so it goes right to the DIN, and you also have an easy spot to tap where RGBS comes out of the Sega chip. Um, one quick note, which uh, experts will probably laugh at me for this, but it did, uh, it did give me a bit of pause to realize that even though the resistors were here, um, the side of the resistors that has the trace going back to the chip is this, the side that's farthest away from the chip. Um, I know experts are probably laughing at me like, what does that matter? But something to keep in mind if you're working on it. Unfortunately, though, at the very, with this model, Genesis 3, we still got a tiny bit of jail bars out of these. Um, it's still better than stock, which, to be honest, Genesis 3 video output is pretty good. So I would always start by doing it this way, because if it works perfect and there's no jail bars, it's so much safer and easier to do it, to do it like this. You don't have to worry about breaking pins or anything, but uh, I ended up having to do that on this one, uh, and then went back and... Uh, lifted the pins out from the Sega chip itself, which is on the other side of this. I put a little piece of Kapton tape underneath just to isolate the pins while I was doing the mod. And I probably should have just pulled that off when I'm done, but it doesn't hurt leaving it in. I guess that's a, a rookie amateur move, but it's one of those that's totally allowed, no harm done. Um, and then I just ran the wires over the top of the board like this um, onto the RGBS inputs of the board. And as soon as I did that, all of the jail bars went away. Um, so, like I said, you don't have to do this on every model Genesis. I would highly recommend starting with Jose's version of the install, and then worst comes to worst doing this. Sorry, sirens. Um, as far as the audio part of the installation goes, um, the installation is the same as with the Mega Amp, so you need to do things like remove certain components and put the wires in its place. Uh, and to be honest, uh, no disrespect to the Mega Amp team whatsoever. I'm clearly huge fans of Ace and all that work, but the instructions for some of the installs were, were pretty badly lacking. So um, hopefully that's something that we could all work on together as we do these installs and get really clear pictures like this. Because sometimes just a, a design document um, or some, a marked up picture doesn't really cut it. You really need detailed pictures that show where wires are run like this. So I think that's something we could all chip in and help, and uh, hopefully I can get some kind of community page up so we could start posting our different installs and how we did them. Uh, but as far as the audio quality, I thought it was excellent. I, I really didn't have any complaints whatsoever, except one of the sound effects seemed a little bit lower than the rest. Uh, the easiest way to tell would be in Sonic 3. So we're still working on it. It seems like it might just be a component change. We might just be able to take one of the components right on the board here and swap it out with a slightly different one. So that's why I'm just saying hold off for a little while unless you're an expert and don't mind re-soldering stuff like that. But I did full videos of uh, Sonic 3 
and Streets of Rage 2 for people to hear. And I definitely wanted to do Sonic 3 because that is, uh, that is the same soundtrack that I used in my original Genesis, Genesis Audio Compare. Um, and as always happens when, uh, when audio comparisons come up, there's some interesting comments on the videos. Uh, especially in this one, people seem to be convinced that I'm either lying about this CDX audio um, or that my CDX was broken or that this was all some kind of scam. I, but uh, that really is how a few CDXs sounded. Uh, I, did not, I did not set this up and uh, this really is how these sound. Excellent. Um, also, please keep in mind though, this is first beta install. I put it right there in the title. So for people that were a little overly critical and negative, uh, I thought we were all pretty clear about this being the first beta and we're gonna be working on it until we get it perfect. So um, maybe try to contribute a little bit and see if you have any insight. But uh, Renee's working on it, Jose's working on it. I'm trying my best to help in every way that I can, which isn't much compared to those two experts, but I'm still giving it my all. And my guess would be that within a few weeks, we're gonna get a Genesis 2 installed, possibly even a Genesis 1, and really start to see for sure what the differences are. And maybe we could try swapping out some of those components just to see if we could adjust maybe the low-pass filter on the audio or whatever else we could find. But um, So that was the full rundown of the Sega Triple Bypass. Uh, I hope, uh, hope it wasn't too boring for any of the expert modders. Uh, I'm sure I over-explained things that you guys probably know just by looking at it, but I wanted to be very clear about where we were at because I think this is a project that's very exciting, and I know, uh, I know for sure that a lot of people have been asking about this for years, so I wanted to be very thorough. Um, so if anybody is a, is a modder, especially anybody known to us, which I know that's a mean thing to say, just because we don't know you doesn't mean you're not excellent, but if you're one of the people that, uh, that normally corresponds with us um, and wants to test these things, contact me. I think I got the bomb right, the Octopart bomb. Jose mentioned that I under-purchased one of the components. I have to double check with him and see which one so I can go back and edit it. Uh, but, you know, the, everything's right there in the main page. Um, where is that? Uh, if you go to this, uh, all of it's linked, but it's the original Triple Bypass Gerber's page. Uh, the downloads are here, and I have the Octopart bombs here for everything. So uh, if you're willing to work with us, have some of these boards made. Uh, if somebody has a stencil made or wants to have a stencil made, maybe make a couple of them and, and I'll chip in. I'll buy one of them because it would be way easier to do the component install on the board itself with the stencil. Um, and let's just go from there. But uh, sorry for the long rant. I'm just thrilled about this. And it's something that I think every Genesis owner could really benefit from because it just takes care of everything you need right on one board. Insurrection Industries GC video solution called the Carby is now available for pre-order. It's looking like a target ship date of September 28th and the price is $75. So right there, I mean, uh, if this thing is on par with the other solutions, $75 is an awesome price in my opinion. Um, you know, the only real concern that I always had with any of these solutions was the pin isolation and how good the socket fit. Uh, we all remember the original one where there was no pin isolation and it killed a GameCube, probably many GameCubes actually. Uh, and of course you don't want to put too much weight on the back, you don't want to have any pressure uh, or too much pressure on that port. And this looks like it does not have those issues. So 
Anybody interested, this seems like a total safe bet to try. Um, I'm expecting it to perform fine. I can't, just by looking at it, I certainly can't see anything that stands out as something to worry about. And as long as it performs as good as the, the tried and tested GC video solution, I think everybody will be very happy. But once again, we're $75. It's a great price. So um, I'll hopefully be able to get one of these in for a quick review. Uh, I will be working on a full GC video project at some point, but I really want to tackle that and give it the attention it deserves. So uh, if I do review the Insurrection one, I'll probably just do a quick five minute, plug it in, do some screenshots and, and verify that everything's working and safe. So if you're interested, um, definitely give it a try and uh, comes with a remote control and an HDMI cable. So it's pretty much everything you need for HDMI out of your GameCube. Here's something I missed from a few weeks ago. A team of people on the Atari Age Forum have made a community build of Stella for the Retron 77. So essentially this is the newer version of the Stella emulator designed to run on the Retron 77 that gets you more compatibility and better performance out of the games. Um, it's installed the same way that you would install a Raspberry Pi image, where you take a micro SD card, uh, do the full and complete format, dump the, the full image on it as if you were imaging a hard drive, and then you boot to that. And so far, uh, people have had pretty good results with it. Um, you could use original cartridges or ROMs, and uh, overall it just seems like a cool solution. So I do always like stuff like this. Um, and I think that when, uh, you know, when teams of people come together, especially with stuff like this, it really does improve the overall experience. And I, I wish that a lot of Hyperkin products could be a little bit more user open friendly. I understand why they can't, but hopefully this would be a sign of things to come. And also, I'm sorry for missing this one. Uh, I think maybe I need to get in touch with people that are, are big on each of the major forums. And, uh, and have them help keep me in, in the loop with news that's going on. So maybe that's something I could talk to people about. And uh, if anybody's you know, looking to send news my way or something, maybe we could have a few people from Atari Age, a few people from Sega 16, a few people from Shmups and all that. Just uh, always feel free to send stuff over because I feel like that's something that I should have talked about immediately upon release and I totally missed it. So, sorry, trying my best, but hopefully I'll get this site, uh, both the news and everything else, um, more of a collaborative effort as soon as I can, and I won't miss stuff like this anymore. Dan, aka Citrus3000PSI, has just posted that he was testing the final Wii Dual solution, and everything was looking great. So the boards and the flex cables seem to be okay, and he's putting an order for production for everything now. So the project should look to still launch by the end of the year as he had originally planned. Uh, and I think he's going to be offering these both as kits and as an installation service. So this is really exciting for Wii owners because this, does the, uh, this is the same type of DAC that's in GC Video. So it skips analog processing altogether and also skips the Wii's built-in digital-to-analog converter. So just by installing this alone, I believe you're going to get a noticeable picture quality difference because you skip the version of the DAC that wasn't so great in certain model of Wii's. And also anytime you have a digital to digital conversion, um, it's always going to result in at least a slightly better image. Sometimes you're going to zoom in a hundred times to see that difference, but there is a difference. So I think people who have TVs, like uh, anybody who's running a newer TV, you might not even have component inputs at all, but doing 480p HDMI, I think, would certainly look a lot better. 
And also, I think it's awesome that you could now have RGB capabilities, both for people that just want to int uh, include this in their RGB setups and streamers that might want to use this so the HDMI output goes to the capture card and the RGB output goes to one of their monitors. Uh, so overall, awesome solution. Uh, can't wait to, to start testing it out and see, uh, see exactly the quality difference and how it looks. And I'll keep everybody posted as soon as they're up for sale and installation services are opened. The Nintendo Switch will soon have an update that allows you to back up the save games for most of your games in the cloud. Nintendo just announced that not all games would be supported, and the reasoning was that it might make it possible for people to regain items that had been traded to other players or revert to a higher online multiplayer ranking that had been lost. Um, to ensure fair play, save data cloud backup may not be enabled for such games. And one of the games that they mentioned was Splatoon 2. So uh, maybe I really am just turning into a grumpy old man gamer, but that seems kind of like a cop-out. And that kind of seems to me like a company that doesn't really know how to do an online multiplayer service. Um, I would assume that there would be a lot of other ways around that, uh, and this is just kind of a band-aid. So once again, if you want total control of your Nintendo Switch and you want to back up your own save games, you have to result to jailbreaking. And it's just yet another thing that, that, you know, that Nintendo and some of these big companies force you to do because they don't give you any other option. So, um, you know, I don't want to get into the whole ROM thing, jailbreak thing. I'm just saying, you know, every opportunity they get, it seems, Nintendo really uh, doesn't do what they, what they could to be on everybody's side. Um, maybe that, maybe I'm wording that wrong. Maybe my cold is just getting to me or something, but... Uh, it just, I don't know, this kind of rubs me the wrong way. You know, with uh, so many choices nowadays, different great consoles with online multiplayer, you'd think they'd put a little bit more effort into this, but maybe they'll fix that in next year's update or something. Genovi's Retro Impressions just released the final video of their 32X unreleased or canceled game series, and this one tops it off with all of the ones they didn't hit in the previous games. And I really enjoyed this whole video series because the 32X was such a strange part of gaming history. And I even remember being a kid and at first reading about the concept of it, thinking like, wow, that's awesome. I'll be able to play 32-bit stuff on my Genesis. And then I saw that ugly mushroom thing that was the 32X. And then I saw it in person and just thought, so it's a 32-bit overlay on top of the Genesis's existing graphics? which is, strangely enough, exactly my impression of it today in most cases. Uh, but that being said, there were so many cool games that were being hyped for it. There were great games that ended up on other consoles. And I still think my favorite version of Virtua Racing is the 32X version, if nothing else, because there's no loading times like on the Saturn. So if you're interested at all in the 32X, give it a watch. And definitely subscribe to the channel. Uh, I get really... You know, now that I've been doing YouTube and I've been, uh, I've been very seriously pushing to, to, to build the channel, I get almost offended when I see channels that I think are great that, uh, that don't have the views that they deserve. And from what I've seen, this is definitely one of those channels. So if you, uh, if you liked the video, maybe uh, subscribe, retweet, and do what you can to support them because this is very cool stuff and I would really like to see more videos like this. Chris Kohler from Kotaku just posted a pretty great write-up of the history of the SNES CD. Uh, and I'll admit I was jaded when I saw the title because when that SNES prototype was first discovered a few years ago, 
even major publications were jumping on just for an excuse to jump on retro history, and most got it wrong. Most were just looking for hits. So uh, when I when I started reading this, you know, with a bit of insomnia last night, I thought, oh, you know, let's see what this is. And I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. And I think there were still a few things in there that I didn't even realize from the whole story. So if uh, if you don't know the story or if you know it but you know just feel like reading it, check it out. And I'm trying to get much better about when I enjoy an article saying the writer's name, not just the publication. Because I think it's very easy to say things like, oh, Kotaku sucks, which there have been a few articles that kind of drove me crazy that came out of Kotaku. So uh, Chris Kohler seems like he I don't know him at all, but it seems like he writes a good article. At least he did this time. And as far as I know, it was at least it was either accurate or very close to accurate. So uh, check it out and see what you think. And lastly, somebody sent me a link to a Genesis MIDI player called the Gen MDM. And it's a device that plugs into the controller port of a Sega Genesis and allows you to use either a MIDI cable or MIDI over USB and taps the YM2612 and SN76489PSG chips so that you could use the Genesis itself to play MIDI stuff. And I thought this was awesome. Uh, I'm not sure if this is new or if this is old news that I'm just finding out about, but I wanted to mention it because I know that there's a lot of musicians that listen to this podcast that might like something like this. Uh, I'm not sure about the speed of the processing. I think it would be awesome to try to use this in a live setup. I almost get the impression it's designed for recording, but either way, um, it, you know, this seems pretty awesome. It's 80 bucks and it requires either this custom cartridge or a ROM. So that makes it even easier. If you already have a ROM cart, you could just load the ROM, grab this device, and, and use it. But I've talked for a while about really wanting to take the music that I've written and transcribe it fully to MIDI, and then use devices like this and other things to actually get my stuff through a real console. Uh, I think that would be like an unbelievable life goal for me that I want to work on. And I've looked into to services that do that, that take your music and turn them into MIDI. But it, they want something like the cheapest service I found wanted something like $200 an hour and said it's average four hours to do the song, which it is. But I don't know if I could do I don't know if I could do a thousand bucks a song for that. So if you know if anybody watching or listening knows of anybody that does services that uh, would take music and do things like uh, put it into Guitar Pro because that software does all the instruments and you could go from which is just MIDI based so you could take that and export it to any of these. If anybody knows uh, a good um, affordable service that does something like that, please let me know because I'd certainly love to do that. And then I would really love to work with some of the uh, some of the amazing nerd musicians that I know to try to take these songs that I've written over the years and put them on, for example, a real Genesis cart or a real Super Nintendo cart and be able to hear music through the console. Uh, so it's just a long-term goal of mine that I'd love to see happen. And if anybody can point me in the right direction, I'd really appreciate it. Just a few updates before I go. I had gotten the date wrong last week, so Bordy will not be visiting this Friday. Bordy will be coming next Friday, September 21st, to iFix Machine Arcade in Brooklyn. Uh, we're going to do another meetup, just like we did with Smoke Monster and My Life in Gaming, and I'm really looking forward to meeting him in person. Um, the My Life in Gaming meetup went great. A lot of awesome people showed up. We had a great time. 
Um, you know, it was just it was one of those nights that was exactly what I, I could have hoped for. Everybody had fun. Uh, a lot of people got to hang out and meet each other. Some people showed up that don't normally get a chance to, which I thought was awesome. So hopefully we could do that again for Bordy because I really enjoy that stuff. Also, I was able to pop by the Retro World Expo. I had a, a family thing that weekend. I had to go to a wedding and everything, but it just so happens I was passing sort of in the area and had time to kill. So I was able to blow through there and, and see, see some friends, um, meet up with some people that I only really get to see at these expos. Shout out to the shadow box guy. I really love those things. If I had a bigger apartment, I would cover my walls in them. <laughs> um, but also, I wanted to give a shout out to Morgan, who won the RGB monitor giveaway that Wes from Second Opinion Games did. I uh, thought that was really cool that that, that, that happened. And, um, you know, just uh, thank you to everybody that supports the channel and the website and everything else. But that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, as always, massive and huge thank you to all Patreon subscribers. This stuff really couldn't happen without you, so a massive thank you, and I will hope to be doing even more Patreon stuff coming up soon. And uh, no meetup this week. It will be next week for Bordy, so obviously I will mention it again in that roundup. And uh, hope to see everybody soon.